Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Monday, October 18, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and we wanted to get together just for a few minutes to celebrate and discuss the release of the preseason Associated Press Top 25 poll. As Deadleg pointed out on Twitter, this is when uh, it really does start to feel like the season is about to begin. And I agree. The fact that my workload starts to increase drastically is another reminder. A lot going on right now, Deadleg. Ton. Ton going on. This is the first time since last April that I feel overwhelmed a little bit. Well, I I know why he's saying this, by the way, people, because... Um, when I was started doing work over the weekend, I was like, I was looking at our preseason schedule. And I was like, oh, we're really coming up against some stuff. Like, as you'll see, uh, we're going to have plenty of league previews coming to your feed basically every day for the next couple of weeks. And then some more preview stuff. The, this podcast is going to populate in your podcast feed daily. If you're not already subscribed, please do so wherever you get podcasts. But when I was doing this, I was like, oh. We haven't even started ranking our top 101 players. So I did my list over the weekend. I was like, wait till GP sees me drop this in his email box on Monday morning. I know that's part of what you're referencing here because that's just another thing on the pile. It's just another thing. There's lots of podcasts to do. The top 101 players. We've got conference previews going up. It's really going to cut into my golf time, it looks like. <laughs> oh. My poor uh, handicap is going to take a beating. I've got my drum set behind me, but I think my violin's on the other side of the house. My bad, man. <laughs> I, I'm actually like, um, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, you know, the season is just three weeks from tomorrow. And so um, I agree with you that the release of the AP poll combined with the Ken Palm rankings uh, no being doubt. updated, um, it just makes it feel like, all right, here we go. And as we pointed out, the the TEP 25 from the Associated Press uh, was released this afternoon and I think they more or less just copied my top 25 and one. That's what you pointed out on Twitter. Mm. It is true that every team in the top 25 plus the first in others receiving votes. So 26 teams, they are also the 26 teams in my top 25 and one. This feels like uh, the lingering effects of that Politex column that I haven't <laughs> done in years. I used to beat people into doing whatever. I used to, with the written word, with the typed word, I would beat people into ranking teams more or less the way I rank teams. And uh, here we are in advance of the 2021-22 season, and they're, they're still doing it. Special shouts to the AP voters. You're following my lead, just like always. Yeah, but come on. Like, you must, I guess you kind of like this. I kind of don't. Like, Borzello, our good buddy Jeff Borzello, who's an AP Top 25 voter, he also had, had shared that the 25 teams in his Top 25 are the same that were as part. We're getting a little too much monotony, a little too much groupthink. Yes, there might be a team or two here that's a little bit different from where you have ranked, but uh, I was hoping for a little more, I don't know, Discrepancy? You liking this? 
I, I, I love it when people follow my lead. Because it's and, your and, teams. And, 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 to be fair, um, I don't think it's just me, but I do think whether it's um, my rankings or Borzello's or John Rostein's or, you know, it, any of the quote-unquote national people who who's put these rankings out throughout the entire offseason, I, I think they start as a starting point for for – people who have to submit an AP ballot, you know, and I'm, I'm not even arguing that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably, you know, I'd be lying to you if I told you when I do a mock draft for the first time that I don't look at Jonathan Gavoni's and Sam Vecini's just to see if there's somebody that's on their radar that isn't on my radar at all. And best I can tell uh, most AP voters, not all, but most seem to do the same thing. Otherwise, your top 26 in the AP poll couldn't possibly be the same 26 that I more or less came up with five months ago. True. Um, Here's the one through five, Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, Nova, Texas, but that's not what I want to lead on. You know what I want to lead on? Hmm. The best story in the poll. Hmm. After a 909 poll, 18,529 day drought, it's over. St. Bonaventure is back in the AP Top 25 for the first time since January 19, the week of January 19th, 1971. That blew me away. I thought that they had cracked in. You know, they've had a couple of decent teams in the past decade. I thought they would have cracked in once or twice there. They hadn't. So from uh, Bonaventure Athletics, it's their first top 25 ranking since uh, since 71. Prior to that point, quote, national rankings had been commonplace for St. Bonaventure, which has previously earned national AP rankings in 82 weeks, ranking as high as number two in multiple weeks during the 60-61 season. It ain't 60-61 anymore, though. Um no program, by the way, in this poll on top 25 set a record for highest preseason ranking. So all the 25 teams that are here have been at least ranked where they are in a previous preseason poll. Uh, but before we get to some of the headliners and a couple other goodies, to me, Bonaventure's the best story. I, Gonzaga, number one, yeah, but we've seen that before. This so we, last year. We've got a program that has not been ranked at any point, period, since 71. Crazy. I love it. I love that too. I didn't realize that. I'm glad you pointed it out. And it's evidence that people are wildly misguided when they say preseason rankings don't matter. I mean, sure, we're going to play a tournament at the end and whoever wins that tournament will be called the champion. I got it. In that sense, the rankings won't have any impact on on anything. But they do matter. Uh, go in that St. Bonaventure uh, basketball facility today and see if this AP poll matters. Um, Go talk to the people who work in that athletic department, people who are fans of that school, people who are on uh, campus right now. Like this matters to them. And it'll be the thing that when they play their first game this season, it'll be on your default scoreboard on your CBS Sports app because the default scoreboard is the top 25 scoreboard. It'll be on the ticker on CBS Sports Network when St. Bonaventure plays its game. Uh, first game. And that, that's because it's got a number beside its name. That number might not accurately indicate what you are relative to other teams in the sport, as always we'll see. But that number gets you on a radar that you otherwise wouldn't be on. And that's why this is an important day for lots of schools. Maybe not for the Kentuckys and the Kansases and the 
uh, Carolinas, because they're used to this type of stuff. But when you're preseason number one like Gonzaga, even if it happened just last year, that's still a significant thing. When you can lose three of your top four scores from a team that played for the national title and still be preseason number one, it speaks to the quality of your program. And when you are St. Bonaventure and you can be ranked for the first time in a bazillion years, uh, like that, that means something to that program. And I promise you, it is being celebrated to some degree, maybe not by the coaching staff and the players, although it should because they made this happen. But certainly by people who care about that program, you want people to recognize when you're rocking and rolling at a good level, and the Bonnies are doing that right now. Love that. Um, we've reached the uh, nearly the 10-minute mark here of this podcast. I'll, I'll give you the top 10, uh, what we got right now, and then I got a couple uh, facts and goodies to, uh, to chew on. Gonzaga 1, UCLA 2, Kansas 3, Nova 4, Texas 5, Michigan 6, Purdue 7, Baylor, we'll get to them in a minute, they're 8, Duke is 9, and then Kentucky is 10. We've got a lot of familiarity year over year, and I think this is in part because of the bonus year, of course. Uh, 14 of the teams that were ranked in the final AP poll last season, the last the last poll, 14 of those 25 now, they're back in. Those teams are Gonzaga, Illinois, Baylor, Michigan, Bama, Houston, Ohio State, Texas, Arkansas, Kansas, Florida State, Villanova, Virginia, and Purdue. Your biggest fall from grace, I think you can guess a GP, but let's do a trivia time. Hmm. Biggest fall from the end of last season. So the team highest ranked at the end of uh, at the the last poll, who is no longer, who not even didn't get ranked, that didn't even receive a vote. What do we think it is? Let me let me let me think for a second. Okay, it's going to be. Iowa. It is Iowa. Iowa was number eight in the final AP poll of last season. Did not re- even receive a vote for this one. Um, but no matter the Big Ten. I don't feel like you applauded that trivia time as, as you should have. Like, I, I got that right. Well, that was a pretty easy one. Yeah, but it wasn't like I didn't have to cheat and I didn't know it in advance. I really had to come up, <laughs> come up with that off the top of my bald head. Thank you. There we go. Applaud a little closer to the mic. That was pretty close, actually. There is plenty of familiarity, is my point. You had 14 of the 25. That doesn't even account for the fact that three blue bloods in the top 10. UCLA, Duke, and Kentucky weren't even the final AP poll of last season. Your longest AP poll streaks active. Gonzaga, 96 weeks. 32 of them. The last 32, Gonzaga's been ranked in the top three, by the way. Nova is a distant second, 41 straight weeks. Baylor with 38 straight weeks. Houston at 27. And then Illinois and Virginia at 21. So since the start of last season, the only programs to be ranked every single season, including this preseason poll, Gonzaga, Nova, Baylor, Houston, Illinois, and Virginia. For Baylor, by the way, let's just quickly touch on them um, because we both have them outside the top 10. It's still amazing. I, I, I don't, by the way. You do not have Baylor outside the top 10? I have them ninth. Oh. <laughs> ninth is inside the top 10. My, my bad, man. Um, Baylor has been ranked inside the top five for now, for, for was, was 30 straight polls. And prior to that 30 poll streak for Baylor, uh, shouts to David K, the SID, because I checked with him before we recorded. Baylor was only top five in 12 total polls of all time. So the reigning national champions are still getting respect. Um, I was a little surprised by how high they were, because um, Baylor and I don't think I don't think the Ken Palm stuff would have influenced this GP because ballots would have been due by Sunday, and the Ken Palm rankings came out Sunday. So you might have had some people adjust, but Baylor's number four in Ken Palm, which was way higher than I thought. Um, I was going to ask you if the Baylor ranking surprised you, but uh, it just goes to show me you're not surprised because you got them similar to where they are, and some good respect there for the reigning national champs. 
Yeah, but I was surprised when I clicked on Kimpom and saw Baylor preseason number four. That I, I honestly thought at nine I might be a little high on Baylor. Um, and turns out I'm five spots lower than, than, than Ken Palm there. But, you know, I think Ken, and I don't know everything that goes into what he's doing, but I, I know one thing he has mentioned before is that being good slash great previously is helpful when you're talking about preseason Ken Palm numbers. And so Baylor has been excellent the past two seasons, and that clearly played a role, I think clearly played a role, in it being preseason top five at Kimpa. I think so. In fact, um, we'll mostly stay focused on the AP top 25, but I did note since, you know, the Palmer rankings have been out for barely over 24 hours since we're recording here, the the five teams that were ranked higher than just were surprising. You had Baylor at four, another Big 12 team who's been great recently. Texas Tech comes in at 12. Iowa, really good in the recent years, 23, way higher than a lot of people thought. Notre Dame, not been good lately, 27. And then the University of San Francisco at 34 in the preseason Kempom rankings. Maybe as eye-opening a team as you'll see there. And then on the the inverse, Texas at 14, just a little bit lower than everyone else has. I'm not not surprised by that number, but you're not going to see Texas in any kind of human poll that low for the most part heading in. Carolina at 40. The one that goes against the grain here, two of them. UVA at 45 and then Rutgers at 67. Eh, and then Providence at 85. So those are some of the aberrational ones or seem to be aberrational with Kempom rankings overall. Um, be interesting to see how those teams adjust once we um, once we get into the season, the first couple of weeks into the season. A couple other factoids here. The five programs with the most preseason AP Top 25 appearance are also in this year's AP Top 25. It's Kentucky, 54 all-time preseason appearances, then UNC with 52, Duke and Ukla with 46, and then Kansas with 44. The team with the sixth most is Louisville at 41. They're not in, and neither are teams 7, 8, and 9. That would be Arizona, Syracuse, and Indiana. Did not crack through. Those are some of the most populated teams in the preseason AP Top 25. If you want to know who the number 10 is, they're in this poll. It's Michigan's 29th appearance all-time in the preseason AP Top 25, uh, and they come along in there casually at, uh, at number 6. I got a trivia time. Okay, okay, let's see if I can go two for two. Let's see if you can get this one. So UCLA is number two in this year's AP Top 25 preseason poll. Last time UCLA was ranked this high in the preseason of the AP poll was what season, GP? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Gosh. No cheating? I swear to God, I just know that was the final four team. That's legit applause right there. That's good stuff. Ben Halland, obviously in the midst of their back to back to back final four appearances. Yes, that was the last time the Bruins entered a season objectively with uh, sights and heights as high as this one is going to be there. So uh, I'm on the record as, as as mildly fading the Bruins, thinking the Bruins are going to be either a, you know a, a two or a three seed once we get to March and not for sure sitting on that one line. But I'm not surprised to see UCLA number two, and that obviously is right in line with where uh, with where you think UCLA is going to be. So I've uh, retired the Politex column years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't stop people from tweeting me basically every Monday of the season sometimes during football season as well, to ask me if I would poll attack somebody or, or or to make the statement, I wish there was somebody in college football who would poll attack people like Gary Parrish used to. <laughs> so I still get this all the time. And I don't, uh, again, I don't, I don't write that column anymore. Um, I felt like it, it, it had a good run. I, I just got bored with it. Um, but I have had people send me one person's ballot 
And I will say that that column was mostly about illogical decisions and or um, just careless mistakes. And th- there's an, an example of that with, with, this, with this one voter. It's been sent to me by Memphis fans and Kentucky fans. So this is like the one thing in the world Memphis fans and Kentucky fans agree on is that this guy did not do his AP preseason ballot properly. His name's Jerry Carino. You know Jerry. And uh, he did not rank either Memphis or Kentucky this season uh, in the preseason. And he didn't rank Kentucky. I went to, uh, he explained his AP ballot, which I can appreciate. Like, hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And here's what he wrote. He said, Kentucky stunk last year. No argument here. And then he continued, the voters should let them earn their way in. And I do think that is faulty logic when it comes to a preseason basketball poll, because the fact that Kentucky stunk last year has literally nothing to do with whether Kentucky will be good or bad this year, because it's almost an entirely different slash new team. Like if you just don't believe Kentucky's going to be good, write that. Say, I don't think Kentucky's going to be good, so I'm not ranking Kentucky mm-hmm. in the preseason. But to base it on they should have to earn their way in because they stunk last year, you know, it, again, is nonsensical. You know, four of their five starters this season are going to probably be brand-new players. And so what does it matter if they stunk last year as it pertains? You know, like, like the invert of that is Iowa was really good last season, so I'm going to rank Iowa again this season. Well, well, not if it's not the same team. You shouldn't. So, like, I don't understand how that works. For instance, think of it this way. Detroit Pistons stunk last year. But what if this offseason, just play along, they signed LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry? They'd be the favorites to win the NBA title. Got to prove they, it to the voters. That they stunk last year wouldn't have any, wouldn't matter. And I'm not saying Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington and Kellen Grady and Oscar Chibwe are LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and James Harden, but they could be. I'm just saying that Kentucky's almost certainly going to be, to be good. And the, in either, either way, the fact that they stunk last year, it doesn't have any impact whatsoever on this season's team. Think about this. Kentucky, 2008, 2009, lost 14 times, went to the NIT. They stunk that year. They were preseason number four the following year. Went 35 and three, finished fourth at Ken Palm. One of those three losses came to Devin Downey, South Carolina Gamecocks. Shouts to Devin Downey. But um, the point is, like, it didn't matter to the to a, most AP voters that Kentucky stunk last year because last year was a year that they didn't have John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe. And this upcoming year was going to be a year where they had John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe. So they voted on preseason number four, and then they lived up to expectations. So, yeah, I did, that was just like one. If you want, and by the way, if you don't want to rank Memphis in the preseason because you don't believe in 17 year olds or because, um, you know, the, the, the Penny Hardaway still hasn't been to an NCAA tournament, like I, I, I think you're wrong, but like whatever, I, I, I can get down with that. But not ranking Kentucky because, quote, Kentucky stunk last year just doesn't, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And by the way, most AP voters did rank Kentucky. The Wildcats are 10th. In the AP poll. They are indeed 10th. Um, and Duke is, is on the Blue Blood, uh, on the Blue Blood trail here. A couple quick notes before we uh before we get to what you want to get to and wrap up. Uh, Duke is nine. 
so Duke is nine, Kentucky's ten. They're coming off, you know, some of the worst seasons in in program history, uh, particularly for Kentucky, obviously. But Duke didn't make the tournament for the first time in um, you know two and a half decades. There, um, this is from Duke Athletics. How about this? So Duke and UNC fans, this is for you if you guys like to uh, kind of puff your chest out at at, the, at these kind of stats because I do think they are quite remarkable and notable. So Duke is number nine. It's the fourteenth straight season that the Blue Devils will open a season in the top 10 of the AP poll. Speaks to, obviously, the program, Krzyzewski, the recruits they've been able to get. You'll also notice that 14 straight seasons, you know, largely coincides with the one-and-done era, reflecting how Mike Krzyzewski eventually changed his recruiting strategy. Uh, Duke also has the longest streak of any team in the country being ranked in the top 10 at any point in the season. 26 years now, technically, Duke will have been at least one week in the top 10. The next trivia time... Oh, God, if I can do this like a turkey. It's like a turkey if I can get three <laughs> There we in a row. go. All right, so Duke is going to go 26 straight years with at least one week inside the top 10. And many, most of those years, it's not just one week. It was almost the entire season. The next closest program has been in the top 10 at least one week for 16 seasons. Who's number two in that streak right now? Kansas. Gosh! <laughs> what? What? Put me on a game show. Gosh, really well done. Really well. Put me on a game. Good job. Man. You didn't on see, a now, hold on. You didn't, that came from Duke Athletics in the release. You didn't see that? I swear to God. He's on fire. On all three of my kids. Wow. I didn't see that. All right. Carolina is 19. How about this? UNC fans, 929th poll Carolina's been involved in. Kentucky has the most preseason appearances of any men's D1 program ever. Carolina has the most appearance period of any men's D1 program with 929. And how about this? There's a 74-year history of the AP poll. The Tar Heels have been ranked at least once in 65 of those 74 years. Pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, Carolina has been ranked for at least one week of the AP poll in every single season since 66-67. Let me say that again. UNC's men's basketball program has been ranked for at least one week in every single AP poll in a season since 66-67. It's phenomenal. The conference breakdown, Big Ten with five and SEC with five. ACC's got four. The Big 12 has three, but all three are in the top eight. Then you got the Big East, Pac-12, and the American with two, eight ten with one, and obviously we wrap with West Coast Gonzaga at one. All right, before we get out of here, what unranked team do we believe is the biggest threat to maybe, just maybe, crack the top 10 at some point this season? We're going to get into that next. First, though, check this out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Deadleg, what unranked team do you believe is the biggest threat to maybe crack the top 10 at some point? I got mine, but I'll let you go first. If I, amongst the AP Top 25, I'm going to have to stick with what we talked about in a dribble handoff, and we did mention on this podcast. It's my title dark horse, if you will. Team 27 on the list, so second from cracking the pole, and that's the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, Trace Jackson Davis uh, will lead that group, and I find that team among those not ranked to be the most likely to get into the top 10 and have a real presence there. But there are no shortage of, obviously, interesting candidates. Who do you have? Virginia Tech. Will you buy Virginia Tech? Um, I'm intrigued as to I'm intrigued as to why you would pick them. Let me I I, I, I can see it. They wouldn't be my first, second, or third choice, but I'm I want to know why they're your nominee. Bring back five of the top six scores from a team that made the NCAA tournament. They enroll Storm Murphy. Storm Love Murphy. It. Yes. Transfer from Wofford. Averaged 17.8 points per game last season. Took 7.33s a game. Made 40% of those. He shot 84% from the free throw line in four years of college. And so this is a proven commodity. Uh, joining a core that was good enough to make the NCAA tournament last season. Lost to Florida in that uh, very close game. They go to overtime. I think it went to overtime. Um and so you got an instantly tournament team bringing five of the top six scores back. You add an impactful transfer. You've got a, a, a great coach in Mike Young. And um, then they've got some opportunities early to really jump onto people's radar. They play uh, Memphis uh, on November 24th. That's a four-team event. If they win that, I believe they'd probably play Xavier uh, two days later, day after Thanksgiving, and then they get Maryland on December 1st. So the first few games, Maine, Navy, Radford, St. Francis, Merrimack, they, they're going to run through those. They're going to be undefeated going into that Memphis game, barring a surprise. And then if they were to beat Memphis, um, they would they would certainly be ranked that following. It'd beat Memphis and then whatever they would have to do in that Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving game, the second game of that tournament, um, they would definitely be ranked they might already be ranked by then but they definitely be ranked after that and then if you back that with a victory over maryland the following week well now you're you got you've got the resume of a of a top 10 team they'll be very interesting because i think the acc is going to be you know just okay when i say just okay i just don't think it's going to be the first second or third best league in, in america this year and so duke is projected to be the best team in that conference but carolina not so far behind florida state also ranked number 20 in this preseason poll certainly in that uh in that discussion as well virginia is 25th um as i mentioned earlier it's one of the seven programs that have been ranked every single week of last season and in this ap poll but virginia tech definitely seems to be a team like if you want to label the dark horse in the acc that would be that would be my pick. Um, real quick on the inverse, I'll just say if there's going to be a team outside, it's inside the top 25, who I would say, because this will oft, often happen with at least one team. Oftentimes it'll be more than that. The team in the top 25 who I'd say might be vulnerable to not making the tournament. Um, give me 
I think the the lowest ranked team I have on this list is UConn. So I think to, uh, in my one to three fifty, yeah, I think I technically will have to take them. But I think UConn's going again. This goes back to the the idea where like there's not a lot of surprises here. But I guess UConn maybe we got to see they lose book night or maybe Auburn. They're going to have a, a potential lottery pick on the roster. But I would say that those would be the two that I would ta- tap. A lot of people might actually say to bring it full circle as we wrap with Bana because Bana in the A-10, if they slip up in the non-conference, maybe they just don't have as many opportunities. And I would buy that, but man, they bring back everybody. I just, I they, they look like clearly the best team in the A-10. So I would, I would label a UConn or an Auburn, um, and if you even want to say, hey, listen, you know, Duke and Kentucky coming off bad years, why can't it be one of the, you know, hey, by all means, that, that certainly should be on the table, especially after Kentucky only managed to win nine games last season. But it's always interesting to go back at the end of season GP and look at uh, where this was right and where it wasn't wrong. Because for the most part, as we've mentioned, geez, dozens of times before, the poll does actually have uh, a relatively decent uh, forecast capability. And I think we'll look up in March and see for the most part, like a lot of that will hold true again. Yeah, I would think St. Bonaventure would be a candidate to preseason top 25 team that doesn't make the tournament. And not because they won't be good enough, but like, you know, in, if you're in the A-10 and you just slip up a few times, you can't make up for it. And suddenly you don't have an, an at-large resume. And so now you better go win your your automatic bid or else you're sweating it out on Selection Sunday. It's just, um, it, it can be very difficult to overcome early season losses or bad league losses when you're really in any league outside of, the power fives or the big East. I mean, that's what happened to Memphis in the AAC last year. They just couldn't make up for the losses they took early uh, slash the losses they took before Deandre Williams was eligible to play. You know, they, they got, they got games canceled that could have been helpful and they just couldn't make, even though they were clearly one of the better teams in the country by the end of the season, they had no resume to submit to the committee that was going to uh, secure a bid. St. Bonaventure. I don't think this will happen. But, like, theoretically, they could be at risk of something like that based on nothing more than league affiliation. Here's one for you. North Carolina. I know. That popped in my mind. I think you'll have some people that are going to fade North Carolina just because let's see what Hubert can do. And a lot of it will depend on Caleb Love. Like, just, you know, a quick bit of transparency here. I, I, I might be the only one of the four of us as we do our top 101. I did not put Caleb Love on my top 101 players list because he wasn't a top 100 player last year, and he's got to get better. Um, so if you tell me he is that, yeah, but yes, I think UNC in that spot is also certainly a candidate. Let's, let's see what they can do again. They are 40th heading into the season at Ken Palm. Well, that's the thing that would concern me. Like I've got North Carolina 15th, so I believe in them, but they're 40th at Ken Palm, which put, you know, that's, that's bubble area. And then, you know, they got a first year coach and we can all like Hubert and respect Hubert. We don't know if he can do the job. You don't know whether somebody can do that job until they're doing the job. Uh, until they're the one coaching those games. And um, again, I've got them 15th, so I I believe that it's going to go well. But, you know, I've been wrong about those things before. There is a long list of assistant coaches who I thought to myself, and sometimes out loud, boy, when this person ever gets the job, he's going to knock it out of the park. And it just, you know, they're, they're either back to assistant coaches now after being fired as head coaches, or they're not even in the sport anymore. And so, um, you know, that's never lost on me. I, I think Hubert is going to be a fine successor to Roy, but the, the, the truth is, is we, we won't know uh, till we know. And that's why if you're putting together a list of teams that are ranked in the preseason top 25 that are at risk, just at risk of maybe missing the NCAA tournament, North Carolina probably should be on that list 
somewhere. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Tyson Jolly, legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Middle dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. While you're there, if you can leave five stars and a nice review, it really is helpful. You guys have been great about that. Our bosses notice. That's among the reasons it's really helpful. It, 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 if, it, if it registers good with them, then it reflects well on us. So if you've got time while you're there, um, also rate it five stars. Leave some nice comments, and we will be back tomorrow. We're going to start recording nearly every day up until the start of the regular season. So we're going to talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.